Welcome to Bono's Health. I am in the car, so you might hear some background noise. Apologies if the audio is not as ideal as it should be. But I wanted to record this. Uh, I got a little bit of a drive here, so I was listening to some podcasts and reflecting on life and missions and our healthcare system, what I'm seeing, what I want to see, and uh, the, the whole concept of why I call my business Fit Care. And if you focus on your fitness, you can avoid the healthcare space and getting you moving better in 30 minutes, getting a plan in place for the next 30 days to get us set up for the next 30 years, having a long-term health plan, having physical retirement plan, meaning that when you are 65 or 85, you are gonna be in the best shape that we can possibly get you in uh, and feeling better and being able to do all the things that you wanna be able to do. The problem for me right now and what I wanted to, to reflect on is what I'm seeing is unfortunately, uh, and I understand prevention is not sexy. I understand that a lot of the things I'm trying to sell uh, in my program, in my coaching, in my rehab even, uh, what I'm trying to sell is, hey, like invest in this future thing. Uh, and most people just want the problem solved that's right in front of them. And again, I, I, I can't argue that. Uh, if you want to get out of pain, that is a perfectly smart, intelligent, common sense uh, thing to do. And I have no problem trying to help you get out of pain. But then when I start talking about, okay, well, let's keep you out of pain. Let's avoid this in the future. Uh, a lot of people seem to not want to connect to that message. When I start talking about barefoot shoes are going to probably help you in the long term and probably help you is not a very strong sales pitch. I get that as well, um, but I'm a huge advocate of Vivo Barefoot, Barefoot Shoes in general. The brand isn't the most important thing. It's the concept of not wearing super cushiony shoes. And I see a lot of people these days wearing Hoka's and Crocs. And again, there's not anything necessarily wrong with it, except orthopedically, <laughs> my argument is that I see a lot of these things happening, more cushioned shoes. Um, similar to how in the 90s, I'm going to make a quick tangent over to the 90s and even before the 90s, but there was this big push towards low fat and fat is the enemy. Um, and then we saw a huge, huge, huge spike in metabolic disease to the extent that, and was it just that push for low fat food and chemical nonsense that ended up being problematic um, where, again, a few years ago, a study came out. I believe it was New England Journal of Medicine that showed Americans on average, uh, the, the way research is done, I love getting into those concepts and making sure I'm specific about it, but uh, I'll just throw out the basic statistic that they came out with that only 11% of Americans were metabolically healthy. Within that study, they, they did name five different factors uh, that we can you know break down further, but only 11% of Americans are metabolically healthy. That's 89% of Americans are metabolically unhealthy. Kind of scary, kind of crazy. And again, there's a lot more to the whole concept than just statistics and that one statistic. But I think you can look around, you can see that our healthcare system is moving in some not ideal directions. Orthopedically, we're seeing a lot more total knee replacements, total hip replacements, spine surgeries, um, and physical therapy, the, the field that I am a big part of, uh, my doctorate in, is something that leaves a lot to be desired. Um, I think that everyone's doing their best, but 
when you get into profit margins, when you get into salaries, when you get into all these different aspects, I feel like we are leaving a lot on the table. When someone comes to me post-operatively with a total knee replacement, I want to have the time to be able to talk to them about hydration, protein intake, collagen, synthesis, all these different things, um, decreasing inflammatory markers. And I'll send out videos that I've posted or podcasts that I've done, but uh, it's not the same as being able to health coach somebody, be able to get them to fully understand and instill these habits uh, with trial and error, uh, which is why my nutrition program that I have is over the course of a year. We say, hey, how is the behavior from last week going? I'll talk about a client I had a call with last night. Uh, he's trying to, the last week, uh, the number one habit we were working on is improving uh, or measuring how many fruits and vegetables he's having a day. Uh, a little take off from E.C. Sinkowski's Optimize Me Nutrition 800 gram per day fruit and vegetable challenge. Uh, I'm a big fan of implementing some version of that with most humans. Um, and you know he's working on that. He's able to get to 600 a day. Uh, and then he has some limitations on being able to uh, track what he's, his family is cooking. Uh, so there's a whole long story there. But the point is we're saying, okay, you're getting to 600. Are you getting that 200 somewhere else? Can we get up to 700 of what you're able to track? And then if you get bonus, phenomenal. And it's a, it's a great habit and we're troubleshooting this week um, from what we instilled last week. And the other habit I'm introducing for this coming week is box breathing. So just getting these habits built in. So box breathing, if you're not familiar, done by the Navy SEALs, uh, four second inhale, four second hold that, four second exhale, four second hold that, repeat that little cycle of four phases, four seconds each. And the idea is it's gonna help regulate your nervous system much better. Uh, as we breathe, we learn to breathe. The reason the Navy SEALs do it is to downregulate their nervous system where we tend to be in fight or flight. Another thing I'm seeing a lot of is just people who don't know how to breathe well. We talked about shoes, talk about breathing, we're talking about metabolic health where again, uh, just the foods we take in, if we can start cutting down on processed foods, if we can understand the most likely negative impact that a lot of these processed oils seed oils are having on us, canola oil, if we can start avoiding these things that are in so many of our foods, who knows how much uh, that's going to help us out. In the youth, uh, and, and uh, I need to circle back, I feel like I haven't talked to my friend David Bidler over in Maine with the uh, Breathe to Perform Physiology First project going on over there, uh, the fact that a lot of the youth, the kids are getting diagnosed with ADHD. And I really love his concept that I'll give him credit for is skills before pills. Where again, if you learn how to breathe a little bit better, um, and there's ties into Andrew Huberman, and I'm just throwing out random kind of names, but going on my little tangents here, so I appreciate you guys being with me. I'm gonna try to bring it back to a major point at the end of it here. But uh, at the end of the day, yeah, if we can teach kids to breathe and focus their attention and get away from these kind of negative things that we're seeing, tying into our five pillars of health that I always talk about, of move better, which again, barely even got into that other than the shoe piece, but I do think we're gonna see an epidemic of osteoporosis, osteopenia at earlier ages, along with the metabolic negative diseases, increased rates in diabetes, cancers, all of these things. So if we can start improving on all that, and I'm tying this to another podcast I heard uh, from John Stewart, The Problem with John Stewart, 
where they're talking about the the whole uh, military war complex. And at the end of the day, yeah, it's a, it don't want to be a paranoid guy, but you know, conspiracy theory where we're saying follow the money. But there's something there. We got to follow the money. We have to understand that it is in most industries' benefits and and uh, their financial interest. You know, again, to, to this term gets thrown out around a lot, and I don't want to say it lightly, but, you know, it's it's in most industries' uh, best interest financially to keep us sick. And again, it's, it's conspiratorial, but uh, when you really look at it, it's up to us to improve what we're doing. Um, and that's a phrase I'm going to, you know, again, jumping around in my tangents, shout out to Kelly Starrett. Juliet Starrett, who I had on my podcast a few episodes ago, um, two of the best influencers uh, that I would say go and check their stuff out. They just—they're coming out with a book called Base Camp, where again I think they're seeing this problem and saying, "Hey, like, uh, a, it's up to us. B, uh, here's a bunch of basics that we continue to know and ignore somehow of drinking enough water, you know, brush your teeth, go to sleep, have a basic sleep pattern." Um, you know, start moving a little bit, mobilize your joints. Can you do these basic physical things so that you don't need shoulder surgery or hip surgery or knee surgery uh, 5, 10, 30 years from now? Uh, these are the things, you know, I'm thinking about every day. Uh, and, it, and it goes to another kind of tangent of, of the book Upstream by Dan Heath that we did in our physical therapy book club uh, with my, my folks over here, Rebecca Griffith in Colorado. Um, doing the emergency department physical therapy work, which is just another great tangent I'd love to go on, but I'm going to I'm gonna uh, let you guys and direct you guys to our episode with Rebecca Griffith. I believe it was 86. I don't usually remember the numbers, but I feel like it was 86 with Rebecca Griffith. Might be wrong. Um, but coming all together with the upstream concept is a lot of times we get caught up, again, dealing with these downstream issues with the symptoms in front of us. Oh, I got back pain. Let me go to the chiropractor, get it cracked. Let me get some needles in there. Uh, let me let me do whatever it's going to take to make my back feel better right now so I can go about my day. I can take care of my child. I can get to work, get through work. Um, but yeah, the, the building of fitness um, seems to be disconnected. And again, it's not a lack of motivation. It's not a lack of trying. I think that so many people get excited um, and just unfortunately coming back to the conspiratorial or, or the financial theory of it all, uh, my theory there is that, yeah, we, we get caught up with what's shiny and sexy and doing F45 or even CrossFit. There's a lot of benefits to those community pieces. That's why connection on the side here is, is the fifth pillar I usually talk about, um, the fourth and the fifth mindset and connection. But if you have that, we're connecting all the pieces as well as connecting with other humans, something that all of us need. And despite this age of social media, there's all this superficial connection. Um, and something I do, and, and uh, this will be my last tangent, I swear, I swear, <laughs> stay with me, um, is uh, I, I go on Facebook and I think I have, again, it's not a humble brag or whatever, I think I have 4,000 friends or something. I've just, you know, Facebook, it's easy to get friends. Uh, you know, and again, friends is, is such a loose term there. Uh, but you know, Facebook friends, whatever that's worth. So, but I, I, I go on the birthday thing and it's a way to catch up with people. And, um, I'll send out a little, little birthday video, uh, to whoever's birthday it is that day. And I try to catch up and, uh, more often than not, I'd say people either don't respond. Um, some people just give me a thumbs up or a thanks so much. Um, and you know, I, I try to initiate a conversation, try to catch up, especially if it's someone who I've really, truly 
uh, known through life and inter- been able to interact with over the years, um, it's great to be like, oh, hey, I hadn't heard from you and just need that excuse to catch up. We get busy with life. So that connection piece, again, to me personally is vital. I crave it. Um, you know, that quality time, that ability to connect um, and, and find those deeper meanings. Is it worth my time to, to be reaching out to, again, a couple thousand people that might never, might not ever think about me or whatever? I, I don't know. Uh, but I, we do have this tool and I'm, I'm trying to explore it and see what it's worth. So coming back to everything, uh, trying to be inspired and, and figure out our place in the future of healthcare. And uh, I really hope we're going to do an episode. I'm, I was inspired because I was thinking of episodes we're doing for season two of my other podcast, the Demand Better podcast with David Corona, my buddy back in New York City. Um, and... I was just thinking all these things, how are we tying all these themes together? We're talking a lot about mental health. Um, we have a lot of great men on, specifically talking about um, toxic masculinity and, and versions of that and how we can be better men um, and how that ties into healthcare. Uh, we want to have some female perspectives, uh, which we're, we're booking as well. So again, all of these things to say, I'm worried we're seeing a decline and some of the, the patterns I'm seeing, again, these hoke issues these Crocs, are they going to really be the, the orthopedic downfall of our society? Probably not. <laughs> you know, there'll be a, a, a balance and things will even out a bit. But I do think there, anyone wearing them right now, if you're listening to them, I'm happy to go deeper into that conversation. But I do think it's going to cause you to have more orthopedic issues uh, because of the cushiony nature of the shoes. And the really simple piece there I'll finish off with is uh, I always analogize it to wearing a if you break your arm, you wear a cast. What happens when you take that cast off? You have atrophy. Your muscles literally dying uh, because you're not using them. And so when you're using those big cushiony shoes, whether they're Crocs, whether they're Hoka's, um, it's, I think, uh, my opinion as a physical therapist who studies this stuff is, uh, and I listen to a lot of foot experts, someone like Court- Courtney Conley. Uh, <laughs> Gate Happens is her, her uh, brand. She's actually right here in Golden where I'm driving through right now. Um, and she's a busy woman. I always want to be able to connect with her and chat with her about feet. But uh, I do think it's a vital piece to the puzzle um, when, we, when we get down into the, the details of how can we actually help people improve their lives. I think footwear is, is that big of a deal, which is why I have aligned myself with Vivo Barefoot. And I'm really uh, thrilled to have been able to do that. Um, and yeah, it's not going to make me a millionaire, but uh, I, that's not why I'm doing it. I'm here to, to help people, again, have healthier, happier, stronger feet. And uh, this guy is driving like a jerk just to finish it off as I'm driving. I'm impressed. I went this long talking almost 15 minutes without someone driving like a jerk, but that's okay. People don't know how to merge here. I figured it out. We're all safe folks. So anyway, uh, let's dive into this conversation. I'd love to hear your thoughts about where you think healthcare is going, fitness, how can we improve things? I, you know, a lot of the reasons I like this podcast and being able to do this with guests is uh, being able to explore these concepts. Again, when I had the Starettes on, um, I was like, what, what can we hope for? What, what are we going to do to help solve this stuff? You guys are at the front line. Uh, and they had a great response, which was, uh, you know, we have to start doing it locally. Uh, if we can get people in our neighborhood in the garage gym, if we can make that impact, uh, you know, be the node so you can change a few people's behaviors and hopefully that spreads and the good positive message spreads. We saw that happen with the kind of CrossFit concept in general. 
Um, here in Colorado, I've been discovering the, the whole rock climbing community. Something there that's completely missing is really a lot of cross training. So, you know, when I talk to folks in rock climbing, like, hey, are you doing anything outside of climbing? Are you doing any strength training? Um, obviously, that's my passion, and I have a maybe confirmation bias there, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of fun aspects to that. I'm going to wrap it up here. I apologize. If you made it through this way, apologize for ranting, rambling, uh, but that's kind of what podcasts are, especially a solo cast. So, driving with Bo, you get <laughs> uh, me trying to avoid some of these Colorado drivers here. Um, but here I am parked at my destination and excited to hear from you guys. Excited to keep this conversation going. Excited for the Demand Better podcast where we're going to talk about fixing healthcare in general. It's a big project. I know. I don't know if we're going to solve it, but really excited. Uh, and I'm going to let you guys go. Hope you get 1% better today. Uh, please reach out. Um, get, let me know your thoughts. I just, I, I think that coming together, sharing these thoughts, even if it's, even if you think it's a little silly, uh, I'd love to hear it. I want to, I want to talk about it. Uh, if you think I'm completely wrong, I definitely want to hear that. If you think, uh, some, some things I could be doing better in fixing and and doing the part and where can I, you know, put my time and resources. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. We're all trying to figure it out. So, uh, I got my theories. I'm trying to do what I can every day with every patient, every client I see. Um, so I'd love to talk to you guys and, uh, Have an awesome day. Can't wait.